what's good everyone? Welcome back to the Mayo Media Network. My name's Griffin Swanson and today I'm going to be breaking down the Monday night football game between the San Francisco 49ers and Los Angeles Rams. I got a couple of prize picks here that I like for this game and then we're going to dive into my spreadsheet breaking down that DraftKings showdown slate. But before we do that, if you could like this video here and subscribe to the channel, I would greatly appreciate that. Y'all know the deal here. The Mayo Media Network is coming out with football content Monday through Sunday, all season long, and you don't want to miss out on any of that. For you podcast people, you can always head over to the Apple Pods or Spotify and find the content there. And while you're over there, leave a five-star review. But with that being said, let's go ahead and dive into this Monday night game here, kicking it off with a couple of prize picks that I like. All right, so I'm over on the prizepicks.com website here now. And for those of you who have not signed up for prize picks yet and perhaps interested in doing so, you can use the promo code MMN, which stands for Mayo Media Network, and get up to a $100 match deposit. And again, you don't have to put 100 bucks in. You want to put in 50, they'll match 50. You want to put in 20, they'll match 20. As long as you're using that promo code, again, MMN, you'll get up to a $100 match deposit. With that being said, I like two picks here for this Monday night game. First is going to be a receiving touchdown prop. I'm going to take the over here for Cooper Cup to score one touchdown in this game. I mean, this is a guy who's already got 10 touchdowns through nine weeks this year, seeing a 30% target share in the red zone. And now there's no Robert Woods this week, who is seeing 25% of those targets in the red zone himself. Now, I'm not expecting Cooper Cup to take all 25% of that target share, but he should see an uptick in targets in general, especially when they get down in the red zone. And that's crazy to think because this guy's been wide receiver number one all year long. But Matthew Stafford should definitely go to his go-to guy even more now that Robert Woods is out. Yes, I understand that OBJ is here now, but I'm really not expecting a big role in his first game considering he was just traded this week. Van Jefferson should see an uptick in snaps and targets himself, but Cooper Cup is going to be the go-to guy. And again, he's got 10 touchdowns already through nine weeks. And then the prop that I like on the 49er side of things is going to be a rushing yard prop. And I'm going to take the over on Elijah Mitchell at 61 and a half rushing yards. Now he seems to be kind of hit or miss this year. He's played in six games and it seems like he's going for over a hundred rushing yards or floating around the 40 yard mark. What we need here is for him to get double digit rushing attempts in this game. He's got that in four games this year and he's gone for over a hundred rushing yards in three of those four games. So I am banking on him kind of getting double digit rushing attempts in order to hit the over there at 61 and a half and I'm looking at a couple of projection sites here as well right now and they got him at 80 yards and 75 and a half well above this number at 61 and a half so prize picks did a very good job of hitting the lines for the 49ers in this Monday night game but the one that stuck out to me was Elijah Mitchell over 61 and a half so I'm going to take that as well and so to recap here the two props that I like are Elijah Mitchell over 61 and a half rushing yards Cooper Cup over one reception touchdown and again we can approach this two different ways the flex play or the power play if you go the power play route you will need all of your picks to hit but it does increase the payout and again for those of you who want to sign up for prize picks make sure you use code MMN for up to a $100 match deposit but all right let's go ahead and dive into this spreadsheet here now breaking down that DraftKings showdown slate and as always we'll start here in the top left hand corner with those Vegas odds you can see the Rams are favored to win on the road right now, sitting on a money line of minus 180 and three and a half point favorites. And then we got an over under there of 50 points, definitely some shootout potential. 
potential in this game as well. And then as always, I got these showdown stats here from 2020. Let's go over these pretty quickly, hop on over to this other sheet, and this is in regards to the top 1% of lineups from last year. Again, just for showdowns. So number one, 92% of all showdown lineups rostered at least one quarterback. And of the top 1% of lineups, 96% had a quarterback rostered as well. Number two, 33% of all lineups rostered a wide receiver at captain. And of the top 1% of lineups, 31.5% had a wide receiver in the captain spot as well. Number three, 57% of the top 1% of lineups rostered a captain from the team favored to win. So in this example here, from the Rams side of things, number four, run it back an opposing quarterback, wide receiver, or tight end was included in 88.9% of winning lineups that rostered a quarterback, wide receiver, or tight end from the other team at captain. Number five, ignore defense and kickers in the captain spot. Very rarely does that work. Only 1.1% of the time last year in the top 1% of lineups. And number six there, do not play more than two kickers or defenses in the same lineup usually one is fine. Now, with all of that said, let's go ahead and dive into some of my favorite plays here for this showdown matchup. We're going to kick it off with the captains like we always do, and for those of you who are new to this video, what I do is I list out a captain from both sides of this game. So on the 49ers side of things here, I like George Kittle. First game back last week and really didn't miss a beat, had eight targets in that game, six catches, finished with 101 receiving yards, getting that three-point DraftKings bonus, and scored a touchdown in that game as well finishing with 24.1 DraftKings points. Now, the Rams defense, that secondary, does look scary on paper, and Jalen Ramsey is one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. But they've been pretty mediocre when it comes to stopping the tight ends this year, allowing 14.4 DraftKings points per game to opposing tight ends. And this is just too cheap of a price tag, in my opinion. For a guy of George Caliber's talent, this is a guy who can go for 25, even 30-plus DraftKings points. We've seen him do it a number of of times in the past. Hell, he's coming off a game just last week, returning from injury, where he put up 24 DraftKings points. And I'm expecting Jalen Ramsey to be on Debo Samuel a lot in this game, which should open some things up for George Kittle. And I expect Jimmy G to lean on Kittle early and often in this game. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how the Rams rotate these wide receivers, considering OBJ is now there and Robert Woods is out for the season with that ACL injury. Well, we all know that Cooper Cup is going to be the guy. So if you want to put him in the captain spot, you by all means can do that. Should see double digit targets in this game. I like him scoring a touchdown as well, as we just talked about in the prize picks. But if you do want to get a little more contrarian, pay down for a guy in the captain spot, Van Jefferson sticks out to me. Being that OBJ just got traded here this week, I really don't expect him to have a huge role in this offense this week. Going forward, sure, absolutely. But how fast can you learn the Sean McVay playbook within a matter of days? So I expect him to get involved in some deep plays. I, he's certainly going to be on the field at times. and sounds like he might even return punts in this game. But Van Jefferson, in my opinion, should be wide receiver number two in this offense behind Cooper Cup. Again, it will be interesting to see how things shake out for the wide receivers here on the Rams side of things. But Van Jefferson, prior to this Robert Woods injury and trading for OBJ, he was second on the team in area 
yards and third on the team in targets. I really don't see his role diminishing this week. If anything, it should increase. So I'm kind of looking at him as wide receiver number two in this Rams offense, and I really like him at this captain price tag of $8,100. All right, now we're going to dive into my favorite flex plays here. And like I said, we can absolutely put Cooper Cup in the captain spot as well. Just know he's the most expensive player on this showdown slate. And I've mentioned this in the past, you put in the most expensive player on the captain spot, gets a little more difficult to fill out the rest of your lineup. But he is projecting to be the best overall play on this showdown slate by a pretty substantial margin at that. So like I said, you can put him in the captain spot, no worries whatsoever. He's been wide receiver number one all season long. He should be locked into double-digit targets in this game. I like him to score a touchdown, as I've mentioned twice already. And this is a guy who's averaging 28 DraftKings points per game with a ceiling of 40-plus DraftKings points. So we all know that Cooper Cup has been balling all year long, and I expect him to do so here again in this Monday night game. And if you're going to be playing Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson in your showdown lineup, you might as well put in Matthew Stafford as well, projecting to be the second best overall play on the showdown slate. And the 49ers have allowed a generous 22.1 DraftKings points per game to opposing quarterbacks this year, the fifth most in the NFL. Uh, Matthew Stafford's a guy who's averaging 24 DraftKings points per game himself, over 300 passing yards per game, and two and a half touchdowns as well. You know, I always go back to this first stat from last year of the top 1% of lineups when it comes to your showdowns. 96% of those lineups had a quarterback rostered. And Matthew Stafford is my preferred quarterback in this showdown game, especially over Jimmy Garoppolo. And now I don't want to make it sound like I'm dogging on Jimmy G here because I obviously have him listed in the spreadsheet, but it's a play that I don't necessarily love. I don't hate it either, but considering this is a showdown matchup here, we have to talk about both quarterbacks. Again, I go back to this first stat, top 1% of showdown lineups last year, had a quarterback rostered 96% of the time. And sometimes that's going to be the dog quarterback like Jimmy G. Considering they likely will be playing from behind in this game, he might have to throw the ball a little bit more. And we've actually seen a number of showdown lineups succeed this year where you roll out four guys in your showdown lineup who are considered the dogs in this game. So four 49ers and then run it back with two guys on the Los Angeles side of things. So maybe you do that here. Put in Jimmy G, stack him up with a few of his pass catchers, and then just put in the two studs on the LA Rams side of things. You know, maybe it's Cooper Cup and Daryl Henderson. We've seen that work a lot this year. So again, I don't love Jimmy G, but considering it is a showdown, you could approach it like that and probably get a little more contrarian with Jimmy G over Matthew Stafford as well. And speaking of Daryl Henderson, he's absolutely in play here in this Monday night game. Someone who's been solid all year long, solidified his role in this offense. He's hit double-digit DraftKings points in all but two games, shown a ceiling of around 25 DraftKings points, and he's averaging 16.5 points per game. Pretty solid, especially considering the price tag here of $9,200. You know, it's a guy who's going to probably see double-digit rushing attempts in this game. He's averaging about 3.5 targets per game as well, so he's getting involved in all aspects of this offense that scores a lot of points. And considering that Robert Woods is not playing in this game, OBJ is new to the team, the guys that are going to lean on the most here are Cooper Cup and Henderson. So you could put Henderson in the captain spot as well. Definitely someone who could go for 25 plus DraftKings points on Monday night. The next guy I got there then is Debo Samuel for the 49ers. And yes, he likely will be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey for the most part in this game, but that doesn't necessarily scare me off of Debo because he's been very good himself this year 
averaging 110 receiving yards per game. He's the number one target in this offense, seeing a 33% target share, and he leads the team in air yards as well at 35%. So yes, he's facing one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL this week, but considering the volume and opportunity remains there for Debo, he's going to be able to win this matchup at times and make plays happen. So I like him. I think a lot of people will fade him because of the Jalen Ramsey matchup. All the better for us who do want to play him. Hopefully can get him at a little lower ownership. I mean, this is a guy who's averaging 22 DraftKings points per game, and he's hit 10 plus DraftKings points in every single game so far this year. Now, this next play here is just a bit too cheap, in my opinion, kind of looking at this as a discount play with Elijah Mitchell at $6,400. And you could put him in the captain spot for the 49ers if you wanted to. Similar situation with Van Jefferson. Both these guys are going to be involved heavily in their offenses come Monday night, but they're relatively cheap. So if you put them in the captain spot, you can do a lot with the rest of your lineup. So I'm kind of looking at it that way with Elijah Mitchell here, um, a guy who's hit 13 plus DraftKings points and four or six games so far this year. And actually pro football focus, PFF, is giving the 49ers a 40% advantage running the ball in this matchup against that defensive line for the Rams. So if the 49ers are smart, they'll keep the ball on the ground as much as possible, keep it out of Matthew Stafford's hands, and slow this game down as much as possible. The best way to do that is by giving Elijah Mitchell 15, 20 plus touches in this game. And if that does happen, he's a great play here at $6,400. And then we got a kicker there, Matt Gay of the LA Rams, who's been super consistent all year long, hitting 17 of 18 field goal attempts and scoring eight plus DraftKings points in every single game so far this year with a ceiling of 12 DraftKings points. And in the right environment, this is definitely a guy who could go for 15 plus, but even at those numbers there of 8 to 12 DraftKings points throughout the season, he's met 2 or 3x value at this price tag here of $4,200. If you're getting 2, 3x value in your showdown lineups, you're probably sitting pretty nice, and Matt Gay's been able to do that in every game this year. And then I got a couple of high-risk, high-reward plays here for you on both sides of this game. We're always trying to find new ways to get unique and contrarian with our showdown lineups. These guys here would allow you to do that. First, on the 49er side of things here, I got Kyle Juszczyk, their fullback. Certainly a guy who's involved enough in this offense to where he could meet value at that price tag of $2,000. A guy who could certainly score a touchdown, but a guy who also gets involved in the passing game as well. He's seen three, four plus targets in four of eight games this year. And in order for him to meet value, he'll probably need to see three plus targets on Monday night. You know, about a 50% chance of him doing that, it looks like. And he scored a high of 15.1 DraftKings points this year. So the upside is definitely there at times. Now, more times than not, this guy's not going to get you double-digit DraftKings points. That's why it's a high-risk, high-reward play. If we're talking about the main slate, we don't even consider Kyle Juszczyk. But on a showdown here, if we want to get a little more contrarian with our lineups, with a guy who potentially has a chance to score a touchdown, Kyle Juszczyk is that guy for me on the 49er side of things. And then on the Rams side of things here, Ben Skornick, definitely a high-risk, high-reward play. But as of Sunday here, per Jay Glazer, he reported that the seventh-round rookie wide receiver here is going to start on Monday night. Now, if he sees three targets in this game and plays 50% of the offensive snaps, 
I'd be okay with that here at $200. Very, very cheap price tag. But it sounds like he has the opportunity to play even more than that. And if this guy gets us 10 plus DraftKings points, we're laughing on Monday night at this price tag at $200. Again, should be interesting to see how the wide receiver side of things shake out for the Rams. Uh, but where it is right now, this guy will be starting and he's way too cheap here at $200 if that is the case. All right, everyone, that is going to wrap up this Monday Night Football video here for today. As always, thank you all for taking the time to watch the content on the Mayo Media Network. Like I said, they got football content coming out Monday through Sunday, all season long, and you don't want to miss out on any of that. And again, for those of you who want to sign up for prize picks, you can always use the code MMN, which stands for Mayo Media Network, and get up to a $100 match deposit upon signing up but let's enjoy this monday night football game here folks win a little money as well i'm out of here hey what's going on guys your boy lq mr real deal fantasy hq fire content only this is the fantasy football picks and bets presented by prize picks make sure you guys download the app today sign up using promo code mmn you guys be set up for success because they're matching up to 100 that is free money, people. Go get it now. Link is in the bio, prizepicks.com. So I got a great show for you guys today. Studs and then some duds and, of course, the injury recap, which is my least favorite part of the show. But later in the show, I got a drop em list, a 2.0 drop em list. It's redraft. Are we going to hold on to some of these guys a little bit longer or are we just going to straight up cut ties? So we'll get to that later in the show. I don't want to waste any more time, so let's get right into it. So let's get to the desserts, the stud muffins, man. I get really excited about this list, man, because I have most of these guys on my rosters, being that I'm a psychopath. I'm in like 20 leagues, but, you know, seriously, I'm like in 14 leagues. And I really feel as though this stud muffin list gets me hyped up because most of these guys are exploding. I, I really root for week after week, and so do you. And that's why I think you love the stud muffin list, because guys like Stefan Diggs, Love to see them put up 30 fantasy points today. 162 yards, one touchdown, eight catches. This is his first game this year with over 30 fantasy points. This is what we've been waiting for all season. Him and Josh Allen connecting, this is exactly what we want week after week. And I definitely feel as though this can keep continuing. But I love that he put up 30 fantasy points. Had a tough matchup in one of my leagues against one of my league makes my home, my home league, you know, people I know and interact with in real life with, they get to talk crap to me in person, but I get to talk crap this week because I'm most likely getting the dub because of Stefan Diggs. So I love what he did this week. Hopefully we can keep it rolling. Now let's go on to the next guy, Ramon Stevenson. Ooh, he blew up today. Two touchdowns, a hundred yards on the ground. I love everything I saw out of him. He ran hard, found the end zone twice, and he also was involved in the passing game. Five targets. I actually love that for him to move forward. I know Damian Harris is still there, but he's dealing with injuries as well. So I definitely love that Stevenson was able to step up because, hey, he had all the camp buzz. He was the preseason rushing leader. Let's not forget that. So we know this dude can ball out. 20 touches today, and I definitely think he should be the guy to at least split with Harris to have some type of rotation where he can find the end zone, become fantasy relevant every single week. So Ramon Stevenson is a stud this week. So moving forward, I want to see more of him. Now to my next guy, bounce back season. C.D. Lamb was a dud last week going against Denver, but he showed up today against Atlanta. Seven catches, 94 yards, two touchdowns, people. Two touchdowns. He had two. Dos. That's exactly what I needed out of him. I had a lot of him in DFS, and I definitely was happy that he was able to show up and show out 
and stomp a mud hole in the Atlanta Falcons. They only put up three points today. So this was definitely something that we needed out of CD Lamb because it was a little embarrassing to have him in starting lineups with four points. So thankfully he's on the stud list this week, and I absolutely love it. Now let's move on to the duds. Woo, man, it was a tough week for some of these players. And some of these guys are in starting lineups. They are starting for gets, but man, it was really, really rough to have these guys in starting lineups this week. Let's start with TJ Hawkinson and that weird game against Pittsburgh, man. It went into overtime and ended in the tie. But man, he only had one target. He put up zero points, zero donut, nothing, nada. And it's a little weird, you know with them having an extra period of game and Hawkerson getting no targets, getting no points. I mean, going into the fourth quarter, honestly, Jared Goff only had 54 yards. So yeah, that's a little embarrassing. So they were having a rough time. So that's probably why Hawkerson had zero, but still, man, that's embarrassing to have as an offense right now. So he definitely gets the dud. I definitely feel as though he'll bounce back. I don't think this would be an every single week thing. Obviously, I do not wish to see, you know, TJ Hawkerson, especially a tight end in my starting lineup, put up zero points. What the hell's going on? And speaking of a zero in a tight end, Mike Gusecki wasn't safe either, man. He led the tight ends in targets. He had seven of them, but still had zero points against the Ravens. So, yeah, he put up a nice dud. Um, I've seen somebody post that, you know, somebody was going up against, you know, Hawkinson today after they had, you know, Mike Gusecki in their lineup, and it went 0-0. So, <laughs> I guess a uh, unspoken agreement for a fair fight this week, huh? Yeah, so uh, Gusecki, you get the dud label this week, and hopefully you can bounce back from that because that's a – little embarrassing as well to have in starting lineups so the next guy aj brown man that was a little weird you know being that you're the top wide receiver you know you only come down with three points and it's it's a little disgusting man you, you need to get together but overall you know they, they they had basically a different game plan i feel as though you know the running back by committee was working they were able to move the ball on the ground a little bit between foreman and peterson um i feel like you know their emergence you know basically peterson and you know foreman they actually can establish like a running back committee and i feel as though they're running the ball a little bit more efficient than they were actually throwing the ball and then ryan Tannehill only having one touchdown that should tell you a little bit of what was going on with that offense so aj brown you get the dud label this week and hopefully you can bounce back next week so let's move on to the injury recap my least favorite part of the show let's start with aaron jones suffering an mcl sprain which is very unfortunate i definitely hate this injury for him aaron jones was somebody that i had a lot of shares up this this summer and um this is a huge hit so aj Dillon's season may be activated i'm not too sure how long aaron jones will be out but i'm pretty sure he's going to miss some time being that's mcl sprain um, he was basically helped off the field, but he was seen back on the bench. So he was back out there watching the game. So that leaves us with some type of hope that it's not too crazy serious, but he will miss some time for sure. Um, moving on to Baker Mayfield, his knee was a little banged up on the tackle, but apparently he's okay. So I don't expect him to miss too much time, but something to monitor throughout the week. Um, Dallas Goddard took a nasty hit, so he's probably in concussion protocol. Um, he didn't look too good getting back up. He looked a little dazed, but he was able to walk off, so that's also great to see. Um, C.D. Lamb, you know, a bruised arm, that's, you know, something we need to just put out there so we can monitor throughout the week, but I'm pretty sure that's nothing. I'm expecting him 100% to play the following week uh, against Kansas City. Um, uh, next one, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, he had a hip injury, so he exited the game early as well. Um, not too sure the time frame on that being the time that I'm recording, but, uh, yeah, 
that's the injury recap. Not too many big names, not too many crazy injuries, nothing season ending, thankfully. You know, I hate when we see that and hate to report that, but uh, hopefully these guys rest up. Hopefully we can see them next week. So let's move them to the drop them list. Let's talk about drop them list. Come on. Let's get these zombies out of here. Let's cut ties with these guys. These guys need to be put in question. So the first guy I'm going to be talking about, the biggest fifth round bust, I would say, in a very long time. Mike Davis, man. So Mike Davis is basically remotely useless at this point. Him being in starting lineups, I do not recommend at all. I mean, we're about three weeks removed where we should have had this conversation of dropping him. But it, let's have this conversation now because I see a lot of people still having him on the roster, hoping they can get some type of life. Him and Cordero Patterson had the same amount of carries today, four. And then we look at Wing Galman with 15 carries when he was inactive the week before. That doesn't make sense to me. For him to have 15 carries and you to have four and you're not injured, that lets me know everything, man. You're losing carries to Cordero Patterson. Now we have to worry about Wayne Gallman. Like, I know it was a blowout. I understand that, you know, there was no point of playing Mike Davis, but this just looks embarrassing. If you can't contribute with those four carries that you got early in the game before it became a blowout, you're useless, man. So I'm suggesting 100% we cut ties with Mike Davis. He needs to go ASAP, man. He's not contributing week to week, not doing anything remotely, you know, fantasy relevant for us so what is he on our bench for like playoffs are around the corner i'm pretty sure if you had mike davis as your rb1 we shouldn't even be conversating about playoffs because i don't think you're going to be sitting at that table but <laughs> just saying if you are in a playoff run if you are like thinking about playoffs and mike davis is on your roster you need to cut ties and try to pick up some of these guys that are popping up week to week i mean i will pick up a, a Devonte foreman i will pick up a freeman i will pick up you know all these other guys that are floating around you know, on the waiver wire, they're getting some type of touches that are at least getting 10 touches a game. You know what I mean? So there's guys out there floating around or make some trades. I don't know. You probably can't sell Mike Davis for anything. You probably can't even, you know, put him on the waiver wire and then hope for somebody to go pick him up because that's not probably not going to happen. But moving on, let's move on to the next guy. Um, Julio Jones, man, is currently on IR. I talked about him two weeks ago, hoping that he can get it together. I know finding out Derrick Henry is out for the season. So it's like maybe, you know, the wide receivers will get a boost. But Julio Jones, once again, suffering injuries. He's on IR. So it's kind of like, what do we do with him? And redraft, I'm suggesting we drop him, man. It's not anything too crazy. He only has one game this season with over four catches. It's already a low volume, you know, target, you know, team where they don't really pass heavy like that. But with, you know, Derrick Henry out, you would expect that. So it's like I'm holding on to Julio Jones on my bench. Not me personally, but I'm just saying you're probably holding on to him because of his name. And yes, there's potential there. Yes, he's one of the elite talents. But with these injuries, man, I don't know if it's that anymore. Like, I don't want to say, you know, flat out cut him right now because I would be basically telling you to jump the gun. Because what if he does come back in the playoffs and, you know, Tannehill – A.J. Brown, that offense in general is getting it together because, man, they're winning games overall. So it's not like, you know, they want to X Julio Jones out of the out of the scheme or out of the offense. So if he comes back, he's healthy. And I guess, you know, he's playing. It's like I don't know if I can trust him in a playoff lineup anyway. Um, I feel as though you're putting him out there again. Like I said, 
he only has one game over four catches. Like, that's really nothing. That's nothing attributing week to week. That's nothing to be excited about. I mean, most of the time he's in starting lineups just because of his name. So I think, you know, you have to make that decision if you're going to keep him on your bench this entire season. Pretty sure you can't sell him right now and redraft. I'm pretty sure nobody's going to bite on it. I'm pretty sure his name is not selling as as much as we would want it to. Maybe if this was like four weeks ago, you tried to sell him, you probably could. But, man, these injuries is what's really, really holding him back. Um, moving on to LaVisca Chenault, man, um, a guy that has a 20% target share. Uh, do we cut him? I don't know, man. I feel as though it's more so play calling Trevor Lawrence and him in a mixture, you know, Chenault. But, man, today he led the Jags in targets. He had eight, but he only had three catches. Like, he hasn't done anything remotely fantasy relevant in six weeks. So it's kind of like, do we cut Chanel? Chanel's not being utilized right. He's not being schemed. He's not being the focal point. He's just not that guy. I mean, I feel as though this is a bust this year for, you know, everybody that jumped on that wave in the offseason because his – Hype train was very high, and I feel as though, you know, I jumped on. I called a couple shares. I don't have that many shares of LaVisca Chenault, so I feel as though I'm not really getting burned off him, but I feel as though even the two shares I have, I'm questioning do I drop him because, again, a guy that has, like, a healthy target share, we were looking at, like, I don't want to drop this guy because he's still getting the targets. He still has the volume, but he's not getting the catches. He's not getting the touchdowns, so – it doesn't look like he's going to be doing anything fantasy relevant for the remainder of the season. Again, I don't know if it's the rookie quarterback, new head coach, whatever it is is going on. It doesn't look like a guy that deserves to be on on rosters. And it's hard, again, to sit there and cut a guy with a healthy target share. But we might have to rip that Band-Aid off and just say, hey, you got to go, buddy. You're just not that guy, Chief. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, those were the three guys that I was talking about the dropping list. Hopefully you guys aren't dealing with this headache week to week where these guys are in your starting lineups. Hopefully they've been on your bench, but it's a matter if we're going to keep these guys on the bench going into the playoffs. They're just taking up space at this point. I mean, I feel as though if a, if a guy comes off the waiver that's hot next week or the week after that, these guys are definitely candidates that you could drop to go pick up that hot commodity of that week to fill in for a spot that you actually need because these guys – they're not really doing much for me. I really feel as though you can cut them today and, you know, you don't have to worry about it tomorrow. But uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure you guys like and subscribe. Leave a comment below on what you guys think about the episode. And definitely make sure you check out prizepicks.com. Sign up today using promo code MMN. You guys be set up for success because they're matching up to 100 bucks. It's free money, people. It's not too late. I know it's 10 weeks later, but you can still do it today. Do it now. The link is in the bio. And I'll see you guys next week for another great episode. Peace.